Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. everybody. Today we have a special episode of the Modern Mommy Doc podcast. We are meeting with Chastity from Momfully You. She is a licensed professional counselor and helps moms with mindset around issues like resentment, like boundaries, all the mental health issues for moms. And so we want you to listen to our episode today and also go follow her at Monthly You and listen to her podcast as well. We are doing a podcast swap today, so she'll be posting this tomorrow as well. You can go check her out. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the episode. I am so excited today, Chastity, to be talking with you about boundaries. I feel like this is one of those things that, like, you know, we all know, like, I don't know. No means no. There's a lot of stuff in the in the world about that right now. But when it comes to our personal relationships, man, setting boundaries is hard, especially mm-hmm. depending on the type of environment you grew up when with the when you were a kid, right? Like what you were modeled as a kid. Yeah. Yes. So I'm um, yeah. I was just gonna say I think that that is step like if if it was steps that would be like step zero is identifying. Mm-hmm what kind of boundary luggage or baggage, if you want to call that, that you're bringing to the table that you have with you? Because what we are modeled whenever we are children, um, we soak all of that information in, right? We're like sponges. We soak it all in. And then we create this definition of what life should be lived like. And a lot of the times it's like, well, this is this is my boundary around talking with people and being in relationship with people. And this is what my role should look like. And this is what I will allow because this is what was modeled to me. And this wasn't allowed, like I wasn't allowed to do these things. So maybe this is just how the world functions and everybody should, you know, kind of operate out of it, knowing or the lack thereof. And so I think you're right. It's like that modeling, that step zero is where we learn that the boundaries from. Yeah, it's interesting too because I see in my own life and I totally see this with my patients and the moms I work with at Modern Mommy Dog. It's like either you do the exact same thing that your parents did or you do the complete opposite because you recognize that it was so bad, right? So Mm -hmm. even on things that aren't related to boundaries, I find that, right? Like my mom, she loves keeping a super clean house, an organized house. (laughs) And so I find myself being like, it doesn't matter. Like throw this stuff everywhere, you know, um, like going to the extreme in a way that's probably not as healthy Mm -hmm. as opposed to really identifying, like you said, like what was the model that was shown to me? And so why do I act the way that I do? Why Mm -hmm. do I make some of the 
choices that I make, like being really curious about that. Yes. And I love that. I mean, it's a classic example of the black or white thinking. It's one of those thinking errors that we get caught in all the time, right? Either I am exactly or nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happens when we get caught up in this either or, and we don't find our own version of our happy middle, our appropriate standard that we want to follow, um, we end up setting ourselves for this is the right way, right? And when you're not fulfilling this right way, you feel like a failure. You feel like you're missing the mark. You feel like you're doing something wrong. And then here comes the shame spiral. And the opposite of that is like, that is what's wrong. And so when you do things that are remotely close to what is wrong, you again start to feel like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what am I doing? I'm going to be just like my parents. I'm going to make my kids feel exactly how my parents made me feel. And so I think that the way that we define our happy middle is having those like appropriate boundaries. And you mentioned like the whole cleaning thing. Listen, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've, I've heard both of those ends of the story. It's like, yeah, my mom was a, she was a cleaning freak. You know, she mm-hmm. just wanted to clean all the things. She made us get up in the morning and, and wash, you know, clothes and, and do all mm-hmm. the spring cleanings all the time. Um, and I've also heard people who did not have the clean, cleanliest environment. And, but, and because of that, they are the ones that are cleaning all of the time. And I think mm-hmm. we have to, to kind of have some internal dialogues um, about what, what, did, what was that experience really like? And what are we trying to, either we're trying to like run away from some feelings that we had about that, even if it weren't cleaning, right? Was it that you mm-hmm. felt like your cleaning wasn't good enough or, you know, um, things had to be spotless in order for you to have fun or you just kind of felt like you were stuck in this like robotic military type form uh, parenting and, and child relationship and you trying to escape that. But having an internal dialogue of like, there is no right or wrong in this yeah. scenario and I don't have to continue to try to prove that I'm safe, yeah. that I'm good, that I'm okay, that yeah. my de- decisions are important, right? It's like you can still define that happy middle without it being good or bad, right or wrong, opposite end of the spectrum sort of deal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we talked about then healthy boundaries are kind of some of the ways that you avoid that black or white thinking. Tell us, like, what would be a definition of healthy boundaries for someone? What does that look like? Yeah. So I love um, Dr. Henry Cloud. I don't know if you've heard about him, but he um, has a book about boundaries. And he talks about how, you know, being clear with your boundaries is actually being kind with people. And oftentimes we don't think about it in that way. We think Mm -hmm. I have to set a boundary Um, after someone has offended me or they've hurt me or, you know, they've said something that rubs me the wrong way. When truly a boundary is just the outline in which you want to live your life. And sometimes this outline, it could be for something that is 
um, light and fluffy. Like these are the things that we eat in our house. This is the type of fun that we have in our house. These are the types of people that we engage with, right? And it can also be those like, this is what we don't allow in our house. These are the things we yeah. don't say. These are the types of relationships we don't engage in, right? Um, mm-hmm. So a healthy boundary is used as an outline. It's used as an invitation to show people and share with people, this is what I consider to be healthy and good and whole for my life. And you're basically extending them this invitation with the, the this mutual feeling of respect that I'm sharing this with you. I hope that you will take it, listen, receive it, and respect it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a healthy boundary, um, I hear questions all the time about in-laws and yeah. how that dynamic can be um, very challenging. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. levels. <laughs> Melanie Caceres, I love you, but yes, absolutely, you know? <laughs> it can be a little challenging, you know? And so... You know, maybe you've decided for for your kiddos, you are going to, you're not going to um, spank, right? So maybe they mm-hmm. spank you, but you've decided I'm not going to, we're not going to spank. And so that could be right a boundary that you're trying to enforce. And maybe they learn this boundary because they go to spank them when, you, when they come over to your mm-hmm. house. And you say, hey, actually, in this house, we believe um, discipline to be in a, in a different way. We have chosen positive parenting. We have chosen a different route, whatever that is. You're explaining to mm-hmm. them. That's the invitation, right? Here is yeah. a guideline that we have for, for the household. Um, and, and you could go into explaining why that is. If Depending on what your relationship is like, you don't always have to explain why that is. But sometimes it is like, you know, fluffing up that invitation to say, mm-hmm. I know that maybe when you were raising your son or when you were raising me, you did the best you could with the resources that you had. And this is our best with the resources that we have. And this is the outline that we have. This is what it looks like. This this helps us live the life that we feel is happy and healthy and whole. And so you're extending that to them. Um, a boundary that would probably be a little rigid. It's like you can never come over again because you suggested that we spank. Now, yeah. if this is a repeated thing, you know, sure. But if it, if this is the first time, they've never heard your outline, they've never heard your boundary, mm-hmm. maybe that might be a little, you know, in, in the face. But if you're having this conversation, you're like, I'm extending you this, this invitation. I hope you accept <laughs> because I want us to have a nice time at this party of life, right? Yeah. <laughs> I want us to have yeah. a nice time at this. <laughs> and, and leaving that, their response whether they want to join in on that party, accept that invitation, um, leaving that up to them. So that could be kind of an example of that. There's there's two things that are coming up for me when you talk about that. The first is just this idea of um, compassionate assertiveness. Yes. You know, that you are being kind, like you are being empathetic about that wasn't their experience they're not coming at this because they want to be mean to your kids because they don't want to respect you. Mm -hmm. There must be some reason why that would be their go-to method. For example, on the spanking, right? Like that's all they know, or Mm -hmm. they don't understand some of the latest research about, um, 
how really emotion coaching our kids and we're getting at the root cause of why our kids are doing something is, is usually more helpful to our kids long-term. Right. Um, but then it's assertive in that you're not beating around the bush being like, well, later, you know, like passive aggressive, like, well, don't come over. Why? Well, I don't know. It just wasn't, didn't feel quite right. When you're here, right? Like very, very clear Uh as you're Uh showing up. Yeah. And and then the other thing I loved about it is um, this idea of division of responsibility that we talk a ton about in pediatrics, like we're feeding around, here's the food that I'm providing you. And then that's my responsibility is to make sure that I go to the grocery store and buy you healthy food and put it on the table. Yeah. And then your responsibility as a kid is to decide how much you're going to eat of it here's the invitation mm-hmm. here's the you know here's yeah. the foods including some foods you like including some safe foods you know mm-hmm. but if you choose not to eat that then i'm i'm gonna make the choice not to make you a separate mac and cheese tonight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right yes yes and and sometimes when it comes to setting these healthy boundaries uh, we hesitate because we do know that we we can't control right what the other person how the other person is yeah. going to respond or react right and sometimes yeah. that fear of like oh they're going to be uncomfortable they are not going to like this they're going to say some things they're going to do some mm-hmm. things that makes me uncomfortable and sometimes we will bite the bullet right mm-hmm. but biting the bullet hurts no one except ourselves right mm-hmm. when we mm-hmm take the brunt of withholding kindness, withholding a boundary from someone that we care about. And, and oftentimes when it is difficult to, to state a boundary and uphold it, it's because we care about the person that we're trying to be in relationship with. And so it's mm-hmm. like, you care about this person on some level, you're connected to them in some level. And mm-hmm. so doing harm to yourself you know, at the expense of what might happen when you mm-hmm. share the the boundary with them, that could be so much more damaging for you, right? It could yeah. be so much harmful for you to say, I'm just going to stuff it down. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to take it in. I'll get over it. I'll get through it. I'll just, again, bite the bullet, bite my teeth, bite my tongue, whatever it is, and mm-hmm. endure this moment. But long-term, right? If you're thinking about yeah. the organic health of that relationship, Will you actually truly enjoy this person's company if you have not shared those unspoken wants or needs or boundaries with them? You'll yeah. probably just be like, you'll see their name and you're like, I don't. Here she goes again. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That, yeah. That, coming again. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you're right. I mean, there is this, I think there's a fear response, right? That comes. I mean, I know that's true for me. If I have certain people that I know, they always kind of like twist the words or they like keep on coming back at you. You try to be compassionately assertive with them and extend a, a, a boundary and they kind of go like, well, why? Well, tell me this. Well, da, 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 da. you know, they kind of fight back. Then you're thinking in your head like, oh, it's not worth the fight. But mm-hmm. I also agree that the more you like exercise this muscle, the easier it is to do it. And actually the better it feels because it's like you, not all the time, but in this regard, I think sometimes like it's like the way that you act in this regard is the way that you'll end up being treated. Yeah. You know, like 
ever set boundaries and people will always assume you don't have boundaries. <laughs> yes. yes. Right. I mean, you think of it in a, in a practical sense, say you go to get your hair done, right. And you're like, mm -hmm. I want a haircut. But you're not very specific about what kind of haircut you want. So you're leaving all of this responsibility up to your hairstylist. They cut your hair. You look in the mirror and you're like, this is hideous. I don't like this at right. all. Right. right. <laughs> but instead of saying, this is what I like. This is the color I want to choose. This is the mm -hmm. length I want. This, these are the layers that I want. Right. You're, you're helping them abide by the outlines of your haircut. Right. Yeah. Um, so when you are clear with that, they know they can help you. You can help each other. This is what I want. This is what I'll give you. Right. But yeah. if you don't tell them and you come out with a hideous haircut, then you take the brunt of that. And they're off. They're like, oh, she asked for a haircut. I gave her a haircut. She's fine. Right. Right. She's fine. She, she didn't tell me that she didn't like it. Right. right. And so oftentimes that, that's how it happens when we don't share our boundaries. Some people, they might honestly not know. Now, sometimes people know when they are stepping over your boundaries. Um, they may be choosing, they might be kind of going along with it. Like she hasn't said anything, so I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to mm -hmm. keep doing my thing. Um, but sometimes people might know, might, sorry, might not know that they, that what they're doing or what they're saying is hurtful to you. So being able to communicate, this is the type of haircut I want. This yeah. is what I want it to look like. <laughs> this is what I want it to feel like. <laughs> Thank you for doing that for me. Cause this is what I want. This is what my heart desires in this moment. It is time to run, not walk to your bookstore or have your fingers do whatever is the equivalent of running to the Amazon store. So online to purchase our new book. It's called The Working Mom Blueprint, Winning at Parenting Without Losing Yourself. It is a labor of love. I'm so excited to deliver this book baby to you and to help you really feel like you are winning at parenting without losing yourself, mama. If you want to also check it out at the library it's there borrow it from a friend however i just want you to get this solid information so you can start thriving not just surviving in motherhood can you talk about because when i when i see the the visuals that you have on your feed about this um on your instagram feed i like the first time i saw it I had never seen it presented this way and I was so blown away by it and grateful of the way you presented it. Can you talk about this cycle of having no boundaries and then resentment and kind of how that goes around in a circle? Yes. Um, it's such a, it's such a slippery slope, right? For us to get mm -hmm. caught into and it's specifically in relationships. There is um, partnerships. There is this evolution that happens um, to the relationship whenever you enter into parenthood or really any big season, honestly, when you first yeah. get together or, you know, you, you add kids to the to the mix. When you move, when a job changes, your your relationship has to evolve and adjust around that. Mm -hmm. And if we are not careful about our adjustments to that evolution, man, can things feel so... Uh, full of traction, so off, so empty even, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the, the posts that I think you're talking about is like this, um, it was this image of this woman kind of 
sh- shoveling the dirt, right? And she's mm-hmm. stuffing her needs down into the ground. Oh, why don't I get time? Why is it that they get to do this and I don't? Why can't I have, you know, this time for myself? Why can't I have the job that I need? Why can't I, all of these wants and needs, right? That are yeah. valid, important wants yeah. and needs. And, and digging it under, digging it under, thinking, oh, it'll just it'll just go away. Cause I, I dig it. I, I close my mouth. I bit my tongue. I bit the bullet, bullet whatever. Yeah. But when you're, when you're sowing those wants and needs, they do come up and they bloom as ugly resentment. And that resentment is very, very difficult to navigate through. Right. If you don't say anything about it, sometimes we think we'll bury it and it's gone, but it comes yeah. back up. It comes back up. And so it puts us in this, I'm not going to say anything, but I feel this resentment towards this person because they should know they should yeah. see that I'm exhausted. They should know that I want more time. They should understand that I need more intimacy or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. But they don't. And so then that makes us even more <laughs> frustrated, <laughs> angry, oh, <yes. laughs> tired. I shouldn't have to ex- express my needs. That And then that can bring in some like passive aggressive behaviors. You're slamming the doors. You're not mm-hmm. initiating intimacy. You're withholding your love and affection and kind words or even, right, giving crit- critiques without praise. And the relationship yeah. becomes this very... Um, messy middle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can feel very overwhelming. It can feel very um, isolating even too, because this person yeah. that you're in a, in, in a relationship with, a partnership with, the person that's supposed to know yeah. wants and your needs and respect those wants and needs, right? They don't have the ability to do that because we're not sharing it. We're not extending that invitation to say, this is what I need. And this is how you can support me with this need. Let us work together to do this versus they should know. Yeah. I mean, I want to be like real with people about how, how this cycle worked in my relationship with my husband for a long time until we started a couple of therapy, you know, several years back and really learned like the way to communicate in a way that was going to be healthier for us. You know, after like 13 years of marriage, you know, Mm -hmm. we've been Mm -hmm. in this cycle. And when when you, when you're right, when you added kids, that's when it came to light before that you could kind of like kiss and make up a lot more easily. Uh And there weren't as many things to be resentful about. Yes. I agree. Once, Once you have kids and especially like kids who are having a tough time, kids who are struggling, then especially if you become kind of like that default parent. Yes. Which I was for years. It makes you like so resentful to your core, like full of rage. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. So I remember I would get in this cycle where I would be like, accommodate, accommodate, accommodate. I'm just going to do it all. I'm going to take care of everything. I'm going to stuff the feeling down that I feel alone mm. and like betrayed almost right by my partner. I'm, it's going to make it so I keep on being the one that does it because my partner has no idea that he's the one that needs to help. Scott, like poor, poor Scott's like sitting there like, oh, I didn't even know you need help. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. You know, I'm getting more and more resentful. And then just like kids do when they like flip their lid, when they get like so angry inside, I would get just like so mad 
Yeah. And then one day he would do something that's like totally inconsequential, you know, like ask me to put a dish in the dishwasher. Oh. But to me, that's like the, I'm I'm at already at my limit. And then he asked me to do something. He's standing there next to the dishwasher, and he goes, "Can you put it in this dishwasher?" And I'm like, "No, you bleep 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 bleep." You know, like <laughs> yell at him, right? It sounds funny now, but like in the end, he's looking at me with these wide eyes, right? Yeah. Like you never do anything. How could blah 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 go off on him? Yeah. And then I feel horrible. And now I feel shame Yeah, because I was mean. I mean, like that was on me that I was mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. And then I go back to accommodating again because I think there's something wrong with me and I accommodate even more. And mm -hmm. I drive myself even more to being the default parent, even more to building resentment, even more to accommodating. Mm -hmm. As opposed to showing up and just saying, in those little moments, like, you know, I think I thought that we kind of agreed that doing the dishes was going to be your thing on Tuesday. So that's yeah. why I'm going to put this dish actually in the sink and that's on you. Whenever you want to do it, buddy, go for it. Yeah. yeah, that's on you. Yeah. This is the smallest example. There were actually like, you know, huge things we dealt with, with mm -hmm. our kids yeah. items, but it's the most like practical example I can think of right now. But when I saw your side, that, that drawing, the image, I had never like seen it that way or identified mm. that, that that's what was happening. Mm -hmm. You know, it hadn't been like explained to me in that way. And, um, you know, we, we had gotten the help from the, from the therapist in order to kind of create a different version for ourselves, but, and like a new cycle that we have. Yes. But I just thought that would be so powerful for listeners to be able to, to hear that too. I know I'm not the only person who is living oh, or lived in yeah. that cycle. No, I mean, I hear it all the time. And, and then you add on top of that, you talk about like how so easy we slip back into that cycle, right? Of not yeah. sharing and being the default parent. Um, it's easy for, for us, again, if we go back to the messages, if we go back to what was modeled to us, like mm -hmm. what did we see our mom or caregiver, what did we mm -hmm. see them doing? We saw them probably doing the, the brunt of it, the most of it. What right. do you see on in the media? What do you see in movies? What do you see in different shows? What do you hear in the music? It is a message that is always chasing after us. You should be mm -hmm. doing, right? But then mm -hmm. but when we're in these experiences, we know that that can't be true. We know that we can't be the only one ones that are carrying the load of this very heavy, heavy work that we do, right? Mm -hmm. In the moment, like, I know this can't be true, but I'm, for some reason, it's hard for me not to take, uh, take out this time instead of me taking this time for myself. And I hear my mm -hmm. kiddos crying, or I know it's dinner time, even though they said they were going to do it, it's hard for me to fight against that and, and mm -hmm. trust that, that, that they got it, right? Mm -hmm. It's because we're just swarming around in these messages and sometimes mm -hmm. if we're not if we're not um careful to remember that what i'm feeling right now the overwhelm that that comes to me when there's too much going mm -hmm. on if i'm not remembering that my needs and my wants and my boundaries they matter just like anybody else's mm -hmm. if we are not careful to remember right that we are deserving and worthy of breaks and time mm -hmm. and connection with ourselves and with things that matter to us um 
it, we will, we'll crawl back into that cycle. But I think the, the point of breaking that really is feeling safe enough, even if you don't feel the safety at first, to communicate your wants and your needs. And I know oftentimes I'm talking to moms, whether that is one-on-one or Maya, mm-hmm. and they're like, but I don't know what I want. <laughs> like, I, mm-hmm. I, I hear you. I, you know, like, it's great to be like, yeah, my wants and needs matter. But when it comes yeah. down to it, I don't know what I want. Um, and I think that also goes back to sometimes uh, we have had to, to suppress our wants and needs in order to either blend in or not get in trouble or not look, uh, stand out like a store thumb, right? We have learned over time to suppress our wants and needs. But I think, as you were saying earlier, the more you get comfortable with this feeling of discomfort that it comes with, mm-hmm. I want this to happen or I don't want this to happen. And it feels really icky to say this and it feels... Um, frustrating that I even have to say it in the first place. Like if we can sit with that discomfort and still move forward and still see the worth and the value in being able to articulate what we feel and what we say, even if yeah. it comes up, comes out like gibberish, right? Even if it's like, I, I, um, I don't know how to say this, but I, uh, I mean, I know I just, uh, I'm going to say it right. Like even if it comes out yeah. like gibberish, yeah. let it come out. <laughs> Let it come out. Yeah, giving ourselves permission not to have it be perfectly crafted or like wordsmithed when it comes out. Yes. Because that's half of it too. If you've never like done that before, then it's, of course it's going to come out because you have all these like barriers and you're nervous about it. And thinking about like mindful self-compassion too and just how the first pieces of that are about like identifying your emotions and um, that a lot of the coaching um, that I that I have received and that I that I talk about with other people is just about this idea of like being okay with saying in your mind like I feel really angry. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like of course, like this kid's been screaming at me, or this kid has been trying to like my youngest. This kid has been trying to put her hand down my shirt for the past. <laughs> three hours and I have been removing that hand from my shirt for that. Like right. I'm overtouched. I have like all this over, yep. you know, overstimulation happening physically to my body from all these people. Like, of course I feel angry and overwhelmed. You know? Of course you do. Right. Of mm-hmm. course you have these feelings. Of course you're experiencing this. Of course, of course, of course. And you are not exempt from the human experience of feeling right and taking those feelings from that from those different experiences again oftentimes we're told that no 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 don't don't complain be grateful this is what you prayed for this is what you hoped for don't you dare talk about it somebody has it worse than you right right that doesn't that does not exempt or invalidate your experience you're allowed to be frustrated angry sad you're allowed to grieve what is and what is not right you're allowed to even feel joy if there are moments where you know there um maybe there have been some really tough seasons i've heard moms talk about like you know what after they've gone through a really tough season of conceiving ivf journeys and mm-hmm. lots of different things that can come from that right it's like i'm kind of afraid to be happy 
Yeah. I'm kind of afraid to enjoy this moment and soak in the joy of this moment. And it's because for so long, sadness, worriness, anxiousness yeah. has been their story. And it's like, give yourself to permission, right? To feel all the fields, yeah. really, just to, to, to say it's okay to feel what's coming up right now. I don't have to be overwhelmed come by it. I don't have to be overwhelmed yeah. by it. It doesn't have to stop me in my tracks and detour me from where I want to go, but I can at least, at least acknowledge that it's here. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I can start a conversation with this feeling that's coming up. Like, what? why do I really feel frustrated? Is it because mm-hmm. he told me to put the dishes in the sink? Or is it because I feel like he has more liberty to ask something that way. And if I did, I would be looked at in a different way. Yeah. Because I'm overwhelmed because I feel like that's, I'm always doing that. I'm a, or I'm always the one picking up the pieces <laughs> from everyone else's, you know, things like, is it really that, or is there a deeper story going on here? But when you acknowledge that you can, you can go down that trail with your emotions and start having that conversation. Oh, this is so good. I I so hope that someone found like an ounce of freedom today. Yeah, <laughs> you know that someone found an ounce of freedom, and I and I think you you did. And you guys, um, if you're not already, you know, follow both of us at Momfully You at Modern Mommy Doc, um, so we can continue supporting you because. Uh, I saw a woman today that had a tattoo that said, I am lucky, or I am so lucky. Mm. And I was like, and, like, <laughs> you are so human, right? And you are enough, right? Like, that's what I wanted to tattoo under it for her. <laughs> I got a lot of tattoos going on. And, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, I hope that someone feels more more that way today, feels the freedom to be yeah. able to um, accept all the parts of themselves. Yeah. a great conversation. It is. And I think it's one that if we continue to have, even if it's a conversation that we have with ourselves in the shower on the way to drop the kids Mm -hmm. off, you know, if we just remind ourselves that that my wants and needs are worth being spoken, heard and met just like anyone else's, even if I struggle through it, I can still do it. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey mama, if you want more of the Modern Mommy Doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.